Hello, hello. Thanks for listening to Guidance Counselor 2.0. Listen, I want to give you a quick rundown of what this podcast is and what you're about to get into as you listen to these episodes. We had guidance counselors in middle school. We had guidance counselors in high school, but we didn't really have guidance counselors in college. And now as professionals, we don't really have anybody to turn to, to ask a quick question, to learn something about the job search or to navigate your career. And so that is what I want this podcast to be for you. I want it, for it to be a tool for you to navigate the job search and your career. So that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you need to reach me, Taylor at Vaco, V-A-C-O.com is how to get in touch with me, old fashioned email, social media at T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. And finally, please rate and review this in the app store because I want this to be discoverable for others so they can navigate their careers. Hope you enjoy the episode. All righty. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. What's going on? It's good to be with you all. Uh, I came back with a tan and a head cold, so uh, I can't hang anymore. I'm getting old. I and my back hurts. So uh, I literally went to my brother's 30th in Austin the last few days. And I'm an old man, so here I am. But I'm very excited to uh, hang out with Jordan this morning. Um, Jordan and I met on Jordan's last job search um, before he ended up at Twilio. Um, and uh, Jordan wrote a blog recently, and, and I, I reposted it on um, on Twitter. And I put it on my website, vaco.com backslash Taylor. Um, but Jordan wrote a pretty great blog on how he landed 35 interviews with zero applications submitted. Um, and uh, for this show, obviously, over the last few months, I've been very heavy on the hiring manager side, um, hiring manager, culture, leadership. And I think that's incredibly, incredibly important. Um, and uh, but, you know, I, I actually realized I was like, man, like there's a lot of people there. There are people getting laid off. And there, and I was like, man, I haven't had a lot of like specific job seekers. Um, and so I'm very excited probably for the next, I think, little bit. I think there may be some other leadership, engineering, hiring manager thrown in there. But for the most part, it is job seeker heavy moving forward. So Twitter space is what's going on. It's great to see you all uh, this morning. Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Yes, Jordan, you are live on TikTok, but you don't have to dance this morning. So that's great news. Um, so for those of you who are tuned in, good morning. Uh, two things I want you to do this morning. First off, comment, say, hey, don't lurk in the shadows. Uh, the reason why I say that is because um, you need to bring visibility to yourself. Uh, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, with Jordan. Uh, but you got to bring visibility to yourself in the job search, right? People don't know who you are unless you are visible online. That's just the way it is. It's, it's, don't shoot the messenger. It's just the way it is. And so one of the reasons why I have this show is for it to be a networking platform. So if you don't comment and you just sit back, no one knows you're watching. We're not in the metaverse yet. I say this all the time. We're not in the metaverse yet with goggles, um, even though that would be pretty tight. Um, but basically, we're not there yet. So the only way you can bring visibility to yourself is to say, hey, I've had a lot of people uh, message me on the side and go, hey, I want to let you know I've met so many amazing people through your show. So that's what I want this to be. Um, the next thing I want this to be Q&A or heavy Q&A. Um, Jordan and I are going to dive into, obviously, his story um, and his recent job search. Uh, but also, you have a staff engineer at Twilio uh, live that can answer questions that you may have. So take advantage of it because this doesn't happen often. Um, I want to give shouts to a few people who have tuned in this morning. Erica, LinkedIn user. It's great to see you. Ricardo, Jessica, Ralph, my guy on my team, John, Omar. Ralph comes in. Twilio is a great company. I have some friends that love working there. Uh, Geneve, Chris, Arthur. It's great to see you all this morning. Type way. John, David, Scott. We got the crew today. 
Everyone wants to hear Jordan say nice. say words. So all that being said, I'm going to go and stop talking. Jordan, give the people what they want. Who are you? What do you do? And then we'll go from there. Hello, everyone. Taylor, thanks for having me. Um, so my name is Jordan Cole. Uh, I'm a software engineer. I'm staff software engineer, as you said, at Twilio. Uh, been in software engineering for like 14 years now. Um, I was always kind of front-end focused, but um, definitely have been more full stack as of late. And yeah, I mean, I've always been really focused on, you know, interviewing, conversation. And so like all the stuff that you put out, I was really excited about and read all and kind of tried to apply it to my job search. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so let's dive in, man. So you and I met, I think over Twitter, the power of Twitter, uh, before I did your last job search. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I didn't realize you had this crazy amount of success, um, until you DM me, you're like, Hey, I'm going to put out this blog, yada, yada. So I, I, I want to go ahead and start and you and I kind of talked off air a little bit. Let's start with kind of the insecurity and overwhelmingness, right? I know I kind of like obviously teed that up heavily, but that's one thing I want to get across today is because I talked to so many senior engineers and, and they're just as terrified. They're just as worn out of the job search as the junior folks. And so Jordan, can you kind of talk about your mentality as you entered into the job search and then kind of how that shifted or, or what things have changed? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, to be honest, like this is one of the first times I entered the job search where I wasn't like desperately looking for a job. And so that for me helped, you know, ease a lot of the anxiety because definitely all my past job searches have been like, you know, I need to find something now because where I'm at is toxic or, you know, going through financial troubles or whatever it is. And so like, you know, that pressure, that time pressure is definitely a big difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, even as a senior engineer, like I, you know, every job interview for me is uh, scary and nerve wracking. And, um, you know, especially when you look at the technical interview parts of it, right? Like it's never, I never know what I'm going to get, right? Like you can study all the leak code stuff you want, but you know, the actual trivia questions you get you may not have experience with. Right. And so like, for me, it was like 50, 50, like sometimes it'd be something that I had experienced before and I'd be great at it. And I feel like, you know, king of the world. And the other times it would be something I'd never done before. And I would just struggle. And I felt like, you know, I started sweating and the interviewer would be looking at me and they wouldn't be talking. I'd just be so nervous. So like, I, I definitely, you know, failed tons of interviews. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what clicked, man? I mean, obviously, you know, the reason why I wanted you on the show today is, is to go over the blog you wrote 35 interviews with zero applications submitted. I mean, I think people struggle with that. And, and I've, I've tried to put myself, put myself in the job seeker shoes a ton, right? It's like, you know, sometimes for funsies, believe it or not, I'm over here kind of clicking around like job postings to see kind of what the job seeker goes through, right? I've been very blessed, very fortunate. I've been a Vaco for 11 years of my career. And so I don't, I haven't gone through a job search. And so what, how did you start your job search? And then when did it click to stop submitting applications? Yeah. I mean, so for me, I think, you know, in the past I've always been, you know, kind of going into it and be like, okay, I'm going to hunger down and I'm going to try and submit as many applications as I can stand. And for sure, I've gotten the advice about, you know, tailing your resume and tailing your application and you know, cover letters to the job you want. And so that's great. And it all makes, you know, it helps a lot, but it's also draining, right? It's a lot of effort to put it, you know, 30 minutes an hour into every single application. And so yeah. going into it, I wanted to do something different. And I read your course and I kind of, you know, these things aren't new. The things you're talking about, like, you know, the idea of promoting yourself and having, trying to get, you know, hiring managers and companies to come to you. That all yeah. makes perfect sense. It's just hard to do, right? But your course, like, just laid it out perfectly what I need to do, especially for LinkedIn, uh, to help, you know, improve my profile. And so, you know, by the time I started to actually, you know, actually look, I didn't actually do any applications. I just turned on the settings for, for LinkedIn, and then it was just like a flood of recruiters. Like, every day I was getting 10 to 20 messages. And so Jeez. then it became about, like, how do I filter and, and try to limit the amount of contact I'm having? 
Yeah. So, and also for the record, I did not bring Jordan on to like give me props for the record. Um, uh, but thank you. Um, I, so let's talk about, man, let, let's dive in. Right. Cause I think that's another thing, right. Uh, keeping track of interviews, keeping track of companies. How did you even begin to know what companies to look at versus others? I mean, did, did you have a rhyme or reason to all that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's some other, I'll give a shout out to another person I really uh, like their content, which is uh, Ramit Sethi. And he puts out uh, a course called Dream Job Company. And right. I took it a few years ago. And kind of part of that whole course is really just like, you know, figuring out what's important to you and going out and finding those companies and targeting them and like actively trying to join that company. Right. And so I did, you know, things like networking with engineers that worked at companies that I liked and was interested in, kind of get a feel for how they worked. Um, but ultimately, yeah, basically just create a spreadsheet of things and say, like, you know, I want a company that's remote. I want a company that's this size. I want a company right. that, you know, focus on these things, has a product that I would use as a, as a customer. And so that kind of helped me sort of, you know, set the initial field of companies that I'd be willing to talk to. Yeah. Now, now, did you keep up with things like, like, did you keep every, up with everything like on a Trello board? Did you have an Excel doc? Like, like what was kind of your process there? Yeah, definitely. I had uh, a Trello board and just, yeah, every single interview that I did, every single touch point and, and had it like, you know, set up for, had dates to it and everything. So I knew the next time I was expected to talk to a, a recruiter or a hiring manager, yeah. whatever it was. What, what was, what, what do you think? <clears throat> I'm trying to, trying to collect my thoughts here. I have so many questions. What, so obviously what were your top three drivers um, because, I, cause you know, we, we talk about that in the recruiting world, right? We just actually had a class of ACO. They were like the top drivers and, you know, we're trying to learn how to listen to candidates better and, and, and really dig into that. What were your drivers? And then maybe what, what's some advice to people who are looking right now, especially trying to figure out what their drivers are? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, to be honest, like compensation was a driver for me. Like I was at a company where I was really comfortable. It was very laid back. I loved working with everyone. I really enjoyed it. So I didn't want to leave. But, you know, they were a really small company and just limited, right? So there, there just right. wasn't the ability to grow both in terms of compensation and just like, you know, my, my, my own skills and networking, all that kind of stuff, right? So right. for me, I wanted to work at, uh, you know, a much bigger company. And right. I, you know, throughout my career, I've worked at all kinds of startups, um, but I've never worked at a public company. And that was kind of like the one thing that I've always, you know, wished I had done was worked at, you know, a big name company that I have in my resume. Um, and so, yeah, that was one of my things was like, I want to work at like, yeah. you know, late stage at the you know at the, the at, in terms of startups like late stage was the only thing i'd be curious to look, look at yeah. but otherwise i was really targeting public companies yeah um and, and yeah, culture with a certain salary too in mind. yeah exactly and so yeah i mean honestly like you know the ability to have public stock is like a game changer for compensation right because yeah. then you can start to like totally change what you're looking for right you can be flexible on on compensation. You can say like, you know, I'm willing to take less salary and take more stock, or vice versa, right? So that that right. offers a lot of flexibility that you don't quite get all the time in startups. You know? So, and I interrupted you. So, 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 so the first driver was money. Second driver was obviously company size slash offerings, and yeah, I think you're about to say culture. Was that the third one? Yeah, for sure. Like you know, like I said, I was leaving a really good company that had a, you know great management team, a great you know, teammates, and so like I just I did wanted to try to recreate that as much as possible. Um, and so it, you know, it's always scary. That's to me, that's kind of one of the biggest things about switching jobs is just like the fear they're going to make the wrong choice, right? You never really know if it's going to work out, if it's going to be you know too stressful, or you know there's potential for toxic or whatever, right? It's just hard to tell, and so. 
Right. Yeah, that was definitely a main driver. Trying to find the right fit for me. So um, I, I want to give a shout out to a few more folks before we dive into our next question. Um, John, David, Asir, Omar. Um, Omar, I was at Nashville NTC. Um, Cameron, uh, what's going on? Um, Barrett, former guest of the show. Torrance, uh, Kaylin, Morgan, Nicholas, LinkedIn user. Kylie, what up, girl? Caitlin, um, Cameron Porter, Alawale. Uh, happy Monday. So we got the crew out today, Jordan. Um, so first thing I want to talk about, or the next thing, not the first thing, because we've been running our mouths for 11 minutes. Um, <clears throat> what? How did you figure out what your compensation range was? Were you underpaid at your last gig by kind of the market rate? I mean, to me, it's like, it's interesting because I think there's like levels, right? There's different tiers of compensation. And I was good in that, like, sort of, like, like that, like, a, there's, like, A, B, and C tier, I'd say, like, right? There's, like, there's the A tier, which is all the stuff you see on levels at FYI, right? You see these, like, insane compensation packages, yeah. people making $800,000 million, and a lot of that is stock. Um, and there's that B tier of, like, you know, late-stage startups of people that are making 200000 plus. And then there's, like, that C tier of, like, you know, you can you can work in, sort of, like, you know, the Midwest. And if you're making 150000 180000 you're doing good. <laughs> And so yeah. I was kind of like in that C tier and I felt like I was the top of the range there, but you know, I feel like I need to sort of do something to break into those next tiers. Sure. And so, yeah, it was, you know, looking at stuff like levels, um, okay. you know, looking at forums and Reddit and asking people, um, and then just seeing examples from other people that I followed on Twitter, um, yeah. like Taylor Poindexter was someone that I followed for her job search. She was really inspiring for me. She's great. Yeah. Um, and, and then, um, so, so you, you say, so, all right, so you said Reddit, you said levels.fyi <clears throat> and you also said just just following certain people actually on twitter is is was was a good idea yeah i mean there's lots of people um you know i can't think of other names right now but like you know, there's people that, that post on twitter and post on like uh, do like you know blogging on our blogging on youtube and stuff that talk about conversation and will cover specifically like you know this is yep. what a software engineer will make at apple or whatever right and so like that's right. really useful Right. I love that. Um, talk about, um, talk about culture for a second. Right. I mean, I think, you know, that's something I've been thinking a lot about too. Like if I'm a job seeker and I'm interviewing, how do I get a really good feel of a company? How, how, how do you, or how did you get a good feel of, of what you're walking into or, or, or do you think you didn't get a good feel? I think I did. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's helped having, you know, a decade of experience, you know, interviewing and stuff. So I, I have a kind of a set of questions that I can go to. Um, you know, I, I basically, I've sort of cataloged every possible question, you know, questions to ask product managers, questions to add hiring managers, questions oh, wow. to ask other engineers. Yeah. And so like, um, yeah, I mean, for me, like one of the things I always ask, like immediately is like, you know, uh, when was your last vacation? And, you know, it's oh, always you, telling. You asked, you asked the hiring manager that? Well, yeah, I asked everyone, yeah, for sure, because and everyone has a different answer, right? Like, yeah, hiring managers, like, you know, managers are, are, are stressed and, you know, dealing with all these different things. And so, like, they have different answers and software engineers have different answers. So, yeah, I think it's, it always catches people off guard, I think. And so, like, they kind of, like, just go to their honest answer. And it, it really helps, you know, identify, like, kind of the, the culture of, like, how hard and how often they work. Yeah, I love that. Is, is there any other? I may have to get those questions from you. Um, is is there any other fun questions that you're proud of that you ask like that? That's kind of different. Um, yeah, let's see. What's another good one? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I definitely always like to ask, like, you know, what is your actual like 
day and week look like? And like, I, I try to get them, give me the specifics of like, what are the meetings that you have? Like how many meetings do you have? And what are the ones that you have every single week? And what are the ones gotcha. you have every single day? And like, that really helps give me a breakdown of like what the actual daily work is going to be like. Okay. What, um, so I, I want to, I want to dive into, um, kind of going back to what we were talking about off air, right. When it comes to <clears throat> kind of some imposter syndrome stuff, right. And, and the overwhelmingness of a senior engineer, you know, like I said, you know, junior engineers that watch this, listen, I've had so many senior engineers reach out to me that are, that want to shut down their job search because they're too overwhelmed. They're taking too many code assessments. Um, it, it, I, I think the job search affects everybody almost the same, no matter your seniority level, but you kind of made a comment off air that I want to dive into about, um, not having a, a traditional kind of background. So, so can you talk about that briefly? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, I got into, you know, programming and, and web development, um, in, in high school and was just building stuff on, you know, GeoCities and Angel Fire and, yeah. and MySpace. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, I always knew that I wanted to do that, but, you know, at the time there wasn't a lot of stuff, you know, there was like DeVry and then you know, kind of random stuff, but there wasn't, you know, there wasn't boot camps and there, and the, even at um, you know, college there, there was computer science, obviously, but there wasn't, you know, I wanted to do like front end development. So there wasn't kind of that yeah. weird intersection of like visual graphic design and programming. And so right. I kind of, I didn't really fit into the one and I ended up, you know, leaving college and just going, doing work. Um, and so, yeah, I've never had that like solid computer science background. So I've always felt definitely like an imposter when it comes to like, you know, anything with doing with algorithm and then leak code testings and, and graphs and all that kind of stuff. I feel like out of my depth there. And so right. having that be the barrier to entry to get into a lot of these jobs is scary for sure. We, it, it, you know, I've talked to a lot of senior engineers in the past that kind of get to the point where they're like, I'm not even going to, I'm, I'm not even going to interview if they have a coding test. I have thoughts on that. If you can pull that off, great. Do you, did you have anything like that or kind of any demands at all? Not demands per se, it just sounds bad, but any kind of uh, criteria before diving in to a company? Yeah, I mean, I think, and so I applaud the people that are um, willing to stand up and just like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, I think that's really important in this industry that senior engineers use their, their clout and their position to be like, no, and push back on hiring practices that are just, you know, bad and, 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 and you know, especially for, for junior engineers. I think that's right. important for people to do. Um, yeah, for me, it was like, I kind of acknowledge that, like, you know, if I want to get to that, that, that age here that I mentioned, like, I, I'm just going to have to do these coding challenges. Yeah. And so I accepted that and just, you know, and I failed a lot of them, but, you know, I, I passed the ones that mattered. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it was like, I'm not doing take-home stuff. Like, right. I'll, you know, if there's something that's like an hour or two, I'll do it. But like, there was one that I did for a video game company um, and I really liked the company. I liked the team. I really was excited about it, but they gave me a take home that was like, okay, this is going to be a minimum of three hours. And when I looked at it, I was like, mm, this is probably going to be eight hours if I want to do it right. And so I was like, I'm sorry, I'm just going to pass on this because it's not. You know, Dang. Not yeah, I get it. I get it. And it stinks too. I mean, I talk about this on the hiring side, like you miss out on good engineers like yourself because you're out here doing a three to eight hour coding assessment. Um, let me, let me ask you this, how, you know, I think one of the biggest things people deal with, not even in the interview, let's be honest in in life in general is rejection. Did you have to like put on a different ball cap during the interview process? You're like, you know what? Like it's, it's who cares, or it's not about, you know, it's not, you know, it's not about me or it's just in a sense of like, you know, I, I I can't please everybody type of thing. Like, did you have to have a certain mentality? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, the thing that helps the most really is just practice. So, um, you know, I always hear the advice and I don't stick to it, but like the advice is like, you know, go interview, you know, regularly, like even if you're not looking for a job, it's, it's yeah. useful. It's a skill. Right. And so like, and part of that is accepting rejection and being comfortable with it. So, yeah, I mean, I never, you know, I always was disappointed when there was jobs I was really excited about that I didn't get or teams that I liked that I didn't get to move forward with. So like, yeah. it's still, you know, it's still difficult, but yeah, I think you just have to, you know, practice it and it helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, now, did you find the job with Twilio through their recruiter or did you have a hiring manager reach out or how did that work? Do you remember it um, all? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I want to say that the my manager that was the hiring manager position reached out to me, uh, but it might have been a recruiter. Um, okay. And, you know, I definitely talked to the recruiter first, for sure. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Do you have any tips for people to kind of get past the initial recruiter screen? I mean, obviously, I kind of preached some things, but I didn't know if you had any tips or tricks to share. Yeah. I mean, you know, your LinkedIn course, I think making LinkedIn kind of like your job search portal worked yeah. amazingly well for me. Like in the past, you know, trying to submit applications and trying to, you know, apply online is like, it's just kind of like a black hole, right? You just don't really know what, what's happening. You're not getting any feedback. Um, but making yourself visible uh, through LinkedIn and getting recruiters to come to you flips the script, right? So then it makes it right. so you're not, you're not one of, you know, hundreds of, of job applications, you're the one person the recruiter is currently contacting right now, right? And so like, obviously they're talking to a ton of people, but if, but if the recruiter's already calling you, you skip that first step. Right. Um, and then from when it comes to just overall, you know, kind of cadence of interviews, how did you follow up? What was your kind of like 48 hours, 72 hours? What was kind of your vibe there? Yeah, I mean, so another goal for me for this job search was like to try and get multiple offers. Like I've always heard about this concept and, you know, I've researched it and it makes a lot of sense. And like, to me, that's like the key to unlocking like that next level of compensation, right? Because right. companies will give you, you know, what is the market, you know, and what is the common at the kind of the bottom of it. But until you start having multiple people, you know, fighting to get you that offer, that's when it starts to like explode, right? So I was like really focused on that. So whenever I got like deep within, you know, the final stages of an interview with any company, I was always communicating that with every other recruiter as soon as I started talking to them. Be like, okay. hey, it sounds really exciting. It's a great fit for me. But like, you know, just so you know, I'm already at the final stage of an interview with another company. Yeah. And that like just spit up the process every single time. Yeah, absolutely. So Barrett comes up. And if you all have any questions, please ask um, here as we kind of get to the, our, our last, uh, last 10 minutes of the show. The hard part is filtering out the recruiters you can tell are spamming that aren't actually looking for your skills background. You know, Jordan, I, I didn't know if, you know, I always tell people you all, you don't have to comment back. Like that's my big thing. Like you don't always have to message every single recruiter. Um, did uh, you have any tips for kind of filtering out the spam that obviously is recruiters? Yeah. I mean, and that's another thing that helped with LinkedIn, I think is that, you know, it has that built in automatic reply, right? So you can just be like, decline decline without message but like yeah i made it my goal to just like um reply to every recruiter as soon as possible um okay and i think part of that for me was like setting up a, a framework ahead of time that was like here's the things i'm looking for you know and um was, was, was that in your message like 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 there was your message hey so even if it's spam you had a like message like a template that that you just sent out every time yeah, I, I, exactly. I think um, I think from the beginning, you know, at, at the beginning, I was like, you know, I just want to see who's available, what's who might be interested in me and what I could be a good fit for. And so I didn't do that as much. I was just like, I'm just gonna talk to everybody. But then once I started to actually schedule interviews and started, you know, getting companies a lot more interested in, then it was like, yeah, I need to spend more time filtering. And so 
yeah, I literally came up with like a list of things like here's the compensation I expect, here's the amount of PTO I want, you know, here's the product right. I'm interested in, the industries. And so like, yeah, I would just, just immediately reply that list and be like, hey, do you have anything that fits this role? If not, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. I love that. And and just, just to give the people an idea, what do you think that response rate was after that first uh, message that you sent back? Like 25%, 10%, 5 I mean, like, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, in terms of moving forward with an actual interview, um, you know, probably, yeah, 100%. like 20%. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Yeah, it's low, right? And, and, and that's yeah. what I want to get across to people is like, that's why I think submitting your resume is so much more stressful because the amount of just conversations that you have to sift through in general is already exhausting. And then on top of that, adding, submitting your resume everywhere, it can just be an absolute mess. And so I, I, so I, I, but I, but what I tell people is you're, you're probably not going to get a lot of responses back. Like you're just not, and, and it's not you, there's just that much spam and that many people just don't respond back. Um, Torrance comes in. What's your advice for junior devs on how to optimize your LinkedIn with no prior experience? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, um, yeah, I think it's about showing like what skills you have, right? Like, I mean, I mean, obviously, um, if you're interested in web development and you're looking to, you know, get in the industry, you've probably done a lot of it yourself. And even if you're not getting paid for it, there's still stuff you can talk about, right? And that's what everybody's looking for. The hiring manager and, and the people you're going to interview you, they're looking at like what skills you have and whether that's like, you know, side projects or volunteer experience or whatever right. it is, like there's stuff you can, um, you know, talk about. And it's still, it's all about keywords, right? Like you may, you may not be a staff engineer somewhere, but you can still say you've worked with JavaScript, you've worked with React, you have experience with this and that, right? Like there's keywords that you can still put in there that'll help you. Yeah. And also any volunteer experience, any actual work experience. I always go back to this example. I was helping a senior.net developer um, at the start of COVID in 2020. And, um, they, he, they, they were trying to work for a company who uses heavy Azure and he didn't have any Azure in his nine to five, but he actually has, was helping like, uh, this, I think it was a nonprofit or something, basically stand up something. And, and he, that was his pet project using Azure. The whole thing was an Azure, like heavy Azure. Yeah. And literally he got, he didn't get the job, but he got the interview because he had that on his resume and there was enough there. And so. You know, and another story I have, two-year developer, he hit me up. His resume looked great. I was like, man, this is awesome. I was like, I was like, the last two years, you've been doing a lot of JavaScript. I was like, how much have you been getting paid? He goes, I haven't. I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, for the last two years, I've been volunteering five to 10 hours a week writing code. And in his resume, I mean, I, there, I couldn't tell a difference. So um, definitely showcase any side projects um, that you may have. Um, Annie, it's great to see you. Cameron comes in. I found that helpful to have a set of criteria I need met in order to switch positions. I also added the emoji to my name to see who actually sends me a legit. So Jordan, did you do this? Cause actually I think this is always a good, uh, a, a good thing. That's smart. Yeah, no, I didn't do anything like that, but that's, that's, I'm going to take that tip. Yeah, for sure. Okay. There you go. See, look at this. This is why we do this live thing. Jordan learns things. Um, Barrett comes in. Good idea on the response. That's the route I take now. No, but here's what I'm looking for. So here's why I appreciate this. And, and, and I don't want this. I don't want us to move on, on about this. What this does is it shows that you know why you're looking. Or at least that you have parameters. I think a lot of times, and especially we've seen the last two years, obviously it's kind of tailed off a little bit just because of the economy right now, which is fine. Is a lot of people are just bouncing just to bounce and just to, just to get more money. And listen, if it was just more money, like I've talked to a few developers like this. If it's just money, go get money. Like, that's fine. Go get the bag. There's nothing wrong with that. 
But if it's not money <clears throat> and you can't specifically pinpoint what it is, you need to do that before you leave. Um, yeah. because, uh, you're just going to get frustrated. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that, Jordan. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, it was like, you know, remote, like fully remote, hundred percent remote all the time, um, was a big qualifier that helped filter a lot of jobs out. Um, and then compensation was a big difference. Yep. Yep. And it can be that simple. It doesn't have to be this whole big thing, but just at least know why. Um, uh, all right. So, uh, as we wrap up here, any other questions, please ask them. Um, Jordan, I, I definitely want to, um, I, I guess the first thing talk about, um, you know, getting offers in, did, did you negotiate? Is that something that, you know, because I always recommend to negotiate now, if there's nothing to negotiate, then don't be stupid and try to negotiate, but you know, did you negotiate on the Twilio offer or negotiate at all on the other offers that came in? Yeah, I did. Um, like I said, you know, for me, the goal is to get multiple offers and that kind of helped give me that leverage to be able to say sure. like, you know, here's another company that's a potential competitor for me that's, you know, making this offer. And so, you know, what can you do to help kind of improve this? And that, that to me was like, I was getting everything was like, you know, my existing compensation plus, you know, 10 to 20%, um, sure. which was you know nice, but not, you know, enough to take me away from a good position. Yeah, and so having multiple competing offers will also just like skyrocket the, comp the the compensation and made it like you know obvious that I need to make this jump. Okay, awesome. I love that. So uh, the last question I always wrap up with because this is called guidance counselor 2.0. Um, you know, we had guidance counselors in high school, guidance counselors in middle school, but we didn't. We don't really have guidance counselors now. That's why I where they're called therapists. Um, but basically. Want to see you if you have any advice for your younger self um, around your career or the job search, or if you could tell yourself something before you enter the job search this last time, what would it be? Just any sort of advice that you give your your um, younger self. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things I did a lot in my career was I job hopped, and like I have to kind of defend that for like the rest of my career. And so, you know, I definitely don't want anyone to ever like feel like they can't leave a job because they're worried about the resume. Like, you know, for sure, if you're in a toxic situation, you should absolutely leave as soon as possible. But at the end, at the same time, like if you're able to stay something, even if just like you know, two years uh, instead of just one year, that helps. It makes a big difference, right? So, like, being able to have a little bit more consistency, I think, would have been a, a big improvement for me. Yep. I love that. Torrens comes in again. If you're looking for your first position, should you be lenient on compensation? I've gotten this question a lot. I'm interested in your thoughts, Jordan. Yeah. I mean, I want to say no, because, you know, the companies are, can uh, pay you, but you know, it all depends on your leverage, right? Like it's, it's yeah. really hard if you have, you know, if this is the only offer you have, you have nothing else kind of going, then, you know, sometimes you got to just kind of, you know, take what they give you. And I, but I think it's important and to me, it's like, uh, you know, what I would say is like, always negotiate, always negotiate. And so I definitely have seen pushback on that. Like I've heard about, you know, women uh, and people of color who have had offers rescinded because they just even, they just asked for like 5% more, right? So like, I'll be honest, like there is a risk out there. Um, yeah. and, you know, I'm not educated enough to say, you know, for sure, you know, no matter who you are, you should always negotiate. But <laughs> sadly, as a white male, like it's easy to say like, yeah, you can get an extra 5 to 10% if you just sure. ask for it. So, sure. you know, I think it's something to I will always consider because the, it, the 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 bands and stuff is so flexible. Like, and the people that you're asking for more money from generally aren't the people you're going to be working with, right? So, their the ability to get another five ten thousand, if that makes it obvious that you're going to sign with them, yeah, they're willing to do that. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I love it. All right, y'all. Well, thanks again for hanging out with us today. Jordan, thanks again, man. Stay on, uh, stay on real quick as, as we wrap up. Um, Twitter Spaces, thank you again for hanging out with us this morning. I hope you'll have a great rest of your money. Go connect with Jordan. He is obviously in on this Twitter space right now. Um, but um, again, LinkedIn, everybody, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out today. Tomorrow, I will be back tomorrow. I have actually, I have an engineering leader tomorrow, uh, but it's still going to be a good one, I promise. Uh, but this engineering leader actually just went through the job search as well. So we'll talk both. Uh, but Jordan, thanks again, man. I appreciate you a ton. Y'all have a great Monday and we'll see y'all tomorrow morning. Peace. Hey, you did it. You listened to an entire episode and I am very grateful because you know why? There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of episodes and I myself rarely finish an entire episode. So I appreciate you so, so much for listening. Quick reminder, please rate and review this podcast in the app store. I want this to be discoverable to others. And the only way that happens is if you take the time right now and rate and review it, please like right now, unless you're driving, then don't do it. So thank you again. If you need to reach out to me, taylor at vaco.com or at tdesson on all social media handles. And I hope you have a fantastic day.